0: welcome to the find your still point podcast i'm your host jessica king and today i interview mercedes mclaughlin a licensed clinical social worker in wilmington north carolina mercedes received her b.a in political science with a minor in history from east carolina university in 2015 and her master's in social work from the university of north carolina wilmington in 2018. During her time at UNCW, she studied abroad in India twice to study the global implications of social work practice and present her research on mindfulness at the International Conference on Public Health. While in India, Mercedes led Laughing Yoga in Bangalore, the home of Laughing Yoga, to a cohort of UNCW and St. Joseph's College students and faculty. After graduation, she obtained her CMSW license and LCSW license and is currently an outpatient therapist at Still Point Counseling and Wellness. Mercedes currently serves as the co-chair of the National Association of Social Workers North Carolina Cape Fear and Wilmington Local Program Unit. Mercedes has a passion for mindfulness, laughing yoga, and self-care. Mercedes has presented on these topics and works to incorporate these skills into her practice in order to help her clients reach their treatment goals. Outside of work, Mercedes is passionate about culture, international and domestic travel, pre-COVID-19, the creative arts, holistic wellness, social and environmental justice, and enjoying time with her wife and two dogs. Please join me in having a conversation with Mercedes about her thoughts on mindfulness, her work in laughing yoga, and enjoying a practice at the end together. So let's go ahead and take a listen. Hi Mercedes, how are you? I'm good Jessica, how are you?
1: I'm good, it's really good to see you today. It's good to see you too, I'm so excited to be here and talk about all of the wonderful things we're gonna talk about, so I'm really excited.
0: Yeah, awesome, well thanks for being here and I guess we get to talk, you know, in other regards cause you're a therapist at Still Point, the, the practice that I own and that I um, practice at. Um, so we get to talk a lot about work and different things like that, but we don't always stop and talk about things like laughter yoga and other interests and all of that so i'm excited to hear about this today
1: yeah and i hope i you know do explain everything and um if people have questions after or want any of like the research or information i can um give you a link to all of that as well so you um you can have that available too
0: oh awesome yeah and we'll talk about that and get make sure i get um all those resources to put in the show notes and and how to get in touch with you but let's just start with actually letting the listeners know a little bit more about you i did introduce you in in our introduction about your history but i don't know if you can just you know tell us a little bit about your story today
1: yeah so um on you know it's funny like thinking about like therapy and like becoming a therapist i'm kind of just someone who is always like a really a natural born empath uh i've just been really always like keenly aware of other people's emotions and feelings um i just remember even you know boundaries in, in like elementary school teachers like coming to me like for advice like and just people venting to me all the time, or if I'm out in a store, people just kind of come up to me. So I must just have that vibe about me that looks like a listener and a helper. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of just something funny, and you know, my friends and I laugh about. But I think I always really wanted to be a helper and a servant, um, you know, as long as I can remember Um, Originally I was in college to be an Army ROTC but was medically discharged and so it was kind of like my life goal to be career military and then a public servant um, via politics. My undergrad is in political science um, so I had this really strong like social justice and you know policy part of my mind that's kind of at work. I remember when I was like in kindergarten and in different grades like writing letters to Bill Clinton about like reading articles about what was going on in sudan and like national geographic so that's always been a really big part of me but um after that medical discharge i really did like a lot of soul searching i kind of really delved into like esoteric religious and spiritual practices um and i i I had made a decision to go into ministry my faith i mean i'm faith i'm unitarian universalist but um, I was engaged at the time to my now wife, and um, we ended up moving to, for her job. And so I didn't end up going that divinity school route, but part of wanting to go divinity school was to do pastoral counseling and um, to, to be in that role. So for me, the next most logical decision was to go the social work route and to go into clinical counseling, um, and social work just really made sense for me just because versus some of the other branches of of therapy, licensure, just because of my love of social justice and activism and how core that is to the social work practice. Um, the rest is just kind of history. Um, along the way, uh, between undergraduate and graduate school, I had been you know, working and volunteering at a suicide um, crisis line for one of the lines from North Carolina. And during that time, I did lose a friend to suicide. So for me, that was like a really big deciding factor to kind of go into the field, and it was a, a really big catalyst for me to go into mental health. Yeah. Um. But besides kind of like that background and how I got to being a therapist, I'm just someone who loves to have fun. That's kind of what brought me into laughing yoga. It's funny. Like laugh is in my is my last is in my last name McLaughlin. Laughs, <laughs> right in the middle. Um, I grew up in the arts, so I love to use a lot of art therapy informed in narrative therapy. I'm just someone who's really creative and loves to express myself, and I love to be a catalyst for clients to do the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just someone who really loves people. Um, the phrase Namaste is really important to me. And so, you know, I really believe when I meet another person, it's kind of like this sacred experience. And I recognize this light in them and myself, and that we kind of share the same oneness. And just because of that, you know, that's a huge reason why I'm a therapist. And also, you know, why I love to travel and learn about cultures and just connect with people all over the world. Um, I'm also just like a really big lover of nature, whether it be hiking or kayaking or being active or just relaxing and um, meditating. So I'm just, you know, really just kind of like love the planet that we're on and, um, you know, want to focus on taking care of it. And so it's here for generations to come. And then um, just a little side note, I just celebrated my three year wedding anniversary. So and we're in the process of growing our family. So that was another big celebration this week
0: yeah well congratulations on your wedding anniversary that's a big a big milestone there um yeah and it sounds like you've just you've had a lot of like a curving path and finding your way to a therapist but i really resonate resonate with that a lot i did the same thing and when i look back i can be like oh all of those things kind of connected and Got me to where I am today and have helped me in some way, but it wasn't necessarily what I'd intended to start with, or maybe even traditional. Um, so I don't know, that's really cool to be able to kind of hear your story and how that all fits together.
1: Yeah, thanks.
0: Yeah, and bef- and and I want to hear a little bit more about you as a therapist, but I do want to just kind of like. Sum up what you just said. There was like like that path and how you became a therapist, and then there is the laughter yoga that we're going to talk about today. That's part of what you do, and you mentioned the word namaste too. And I know we're going to talk about your time in India eventually today, or I'd like to. But before we move forward, just since you mentioned namaste, and since that's so like true to you and such an important piece of you um i'm not sure all our listeners may know what that is so if you could like maybe describe that a little bit and why it's so important just a little bit more because i thought that was really interesting
1: yeah so if you ever you know for people who aren't super familiar with um indian culture if you ever do a yoga class i know you're a yoga instructor you've probably heard that like at the start or end of a class and really in india it's kind of used as kind of like a greeting um, so it's, you know, kind of like, Hey, what's up, but not so literally, um, but really the meaning behind it, even though it is kind of used as a greeting or a welcoming when you're leaving or your, um, coming to some, uh, coming up to someone, it's, it's more of like the meaning behind that phrase is, is kind of the, it's saying like the light or the divine in me, or, you know, the universe that resides in me, um, is special. And when I come to you, when I meet you, when I'm greeting you, um, I recognize that that same light or divinity or that part of the universe is in you too. Mm-hmm. and it's the same as what's in me. and together, um, when we meet, when we're coming together, I'm recognizing that it's the same within both of us. And it's kind of like, almost like, if, you know, just if you even would think of like, it's a life force that's kind of between us and that that life force, that spark of oneness and togetherness um, is there. So it's kind of, it's 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 very revering and like reverence. And I think, and I think, you know, it's funny in India, um, I actually have a tattoo and it says Namaste in Kannada from where I was in Bangalore. And in Kannada, in they say namaskara, uh, not namaste. Namaste is in the Hindi. Um, so I think it's really interesting to see, you know, culturally, you know, I learned so much about that phrase and it was like so like deeply ingrained and people are just like, oh, namaste. Like, hey, you know, when you were in India, it was, it was used a little bit more looser. But I think at the heart of it, you know, the same way, you know, we may say, God bless you to someone when they sneeze. Um, I think that phrase for some people, when we use that in a, in a daily meaning, has less of that impact of maybe where that phrase came from. And I think, you know, when we were at the college and the students there, I think would casually say it. But then I think in other situations, um, we went to um, some mediums and uh, spiritual Um, masters and some gurus. And when they would say it, you would just feel that weight of that reverence. So really, it's just kind of giving that reverence to the other person when you come in contact with them, when you interact, when you're starting or ending to say we are kind of all this one, you know, this life force going through us.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I appreciate you explaining that because one, I think it says a lot about, because that is so meaningful to you a lot about this, like kind of linking between, um, where you come from in a spiritual background as well as like your social justice, that ability to see the, the, the specialness, the lightness, the lightness and, and others, um, as well as yourself. And then like, as a therapist, what what you do every day to be able to have that empathy, um, with others. I don't know, the word says a lot. And I think it's really important to know meanings, you know, like we, like you said, we say things a lot, but words carry weight and they mean things. And when we start, you know, learning about other cultures, which is really important, I think it's also important to understand where it comes from. So it's less of cultural appropriation and really like some reverence, like you said, and understanding. So, I really appreciate you explaining that. Of course. Yeah. And so to, yeah, to like continue that, um, I would love to know more about you as a therapist and like, what do you like and what do you like about therapy?
1: Yeah. So I would just say as a therapist, I'm pretty fun and um, upbeat. Um, I think I can definitely hold the space for the challenges um, and, you know, those more heavy topics, but I, I do, I really love the strengths perspective, which is like a big tenet in like social work. Um, As you know, the social work work for others, you know, that strengths perspective really emphasizes focusing on client strengths, their resilience, and like the ability to find solutions um, to their own problems. Mm -hmm. Um, I really love that because it's kind of like going back to namaste, like, you know, you have this within you, like we have the solutions and yes, sometimes we need support and we need extra support, but I think It's just really amazing to kind of illuminate clients' strengths and emphasize that they are the expert on their lives. You know, I think people come to therapists and think, well, we're the expert, like we're coming for help. And yeah, I think we're facilitators, but at the end of the day, your lived experience, my client's lived experience is nothing that, you know, you are the expert, you know, what's worked in the past, you know, what may work. So I think remember to empower your clients and really put that power back in them, um, is really important to me is just to empower them. Um, I focus a lot on self care and coping skills. Um, I um, just in our Western society, I feel like we put a lot of value on kind of being overworked and under pain and disjointed in our lives. Um, with balance. So, I think it's really important for me just to emphasize to my clients the importance of balance, that taking that time to fill your own tank and knowing what helps you maintain that even balance your life, because it's different for everyone. And I think, um, you know, we definitely have pathological things with mental health, you know, with depression and anxiety, but then, you know, with some negative emotions they are clues into how we're feeling and and what is around us. And a lot of times I hear myself saying to my clients, you know, you can't heal in the same environment that made you sick, you know? And so I think it's really important to recognize like if we have patterns or habits or environments that are detrimental to us, we have to work to kind of identify the solutions in them. Because if we keep doing that same thing over and over, we're going to keep getting those same results. And Mm -hmm. I think that can be disempowering to feel that lack of control. So I try to really emphasize what's in my client's control and how they can utilize their inherent strengths to take control. Yeah. Oh my
0: gosh. I love that. And I love what you said about you can't heal in the same environment that um, you are, you know, I guess you could insert, I can't remember what word you said, but distressed and traumatized in, hurt yes. and, you know, whatever the word is. Um, I think that's super important. And I think it does allow you to look at the situation as like, what are the external things and what is in my control to change and, um, I really like how you explained that and that maybe that's how we can find balance. I think about maybe maybe the listeners to this podcast, it's kind of geared towards folks that are very busy and can be very stressed out and they're looking to find ways to find stillness and grounding and find that balance. And so if we're talking about, you know, like a busy working person, if we continue to just keep engaging with work in the same way that we always have then even if we try all these different things like laughter yoga or meditation or whatever, we may still get the same results. So it's really yeah. probably important to look at that. Where's the balance in my life and where can I take control? I like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, how do you, um, maybe find balance for yourself or even encourage your clients to, I mean, are there certain types of things that you often look at or talk about?
1: Um. Well, you know, Like, you know, you know, from us working together, I'm a big proponent of mindfulness mindfulness based stress reduction mm-hmm. um doing that like coping and self care that's really going to reduce that like stress threshold i call it you know if we're starting down here every day and we're going here then here like let's take us down a notch so we're starting our our, our threshold a little bit lower um so all different types of holistic self care from body scans and loving kindness meditations um, I even do some stuff with emotional freedom technique, um, with EFT tapping again, I can't, uh, you know, clinically support everything EFT says that they do, but, you know, we know that therapeutic touch releases oxytocin, um, and that positive affirmations can shift mood. So just kind of like a wealth of those just, um, coping grounding mindfulness skills, um, and I'd be happy, you know, in the notes to link some of my favorite ones or uh, videos to my favorite ones. Um, but really anything that it kind of encourages us to slow down a little bit. And I think, you know, in the practice of mindfulness, it's so valuable to sit and do nothing. And um, that is a practice in itself to sit and just focus on our breath, that object of our attention. And I think so much, so much of our day with how our culture works is listening to podcasts and on social media and answering texts and things, all these different aspects that kind of pop our attention and then give us that little serotonin release. So it's almost like these addictive cycles that becomes And it's just kind of removing yourself a little bit about from that, you know, taking the time to slow down, to breathe, um, and just create space. Um, One of my favorite sayings is that um, everyone should meditate for 10 minutes a day, unless you're too busy, and then you should meditate for an hour. Um, So and that's kind of what I tell my clients, like, there is space. And sometimes it's one minute or two minutes, I have this great exercise and then mindfulness-based stress reduction, it's a stop exercise. And you're literally just stopping, taking stop, taking stock, observing, and then proceeding with new um, possibilities. And it takes one to two minutes. And we all have one to two minutes, right? Like we can all go to the bathroom for a second, even if we need to, and take that time. So I just like to create that space, even if it's a two minute space, to let ourselves ground and center and kind of come back to that place of like homeostasis.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So just slowing down, yes. And mindfulness is the key to that in a lot of ways, like you said. Um, So yeah, so I know you incorporate a lot of mindfulness, so I'm glad you brought that up. Um, And then I also know like kind of the topic of our discussion today and something that you do that I'm so interested in is laughter yoga. Um, and just curious, like what that is and how you kind of bring that into, into the work that you do. So, um, just kind of give you an open space there to talk about that a little bit, maybe.
1: Yeah. So, um, laughter yoga is really a holistic coping skill. Um, and the founders kind of even call it an exercise routine. Um, the creator, Dr. Amadan Pataria, he's, um, actually from Bangalore, India, where I've had the pleasure of being twice. And um, he calls it like a, a complete well-being workout. And it really is. And basically what it is, it's just laughing through special guided techniques. And it's laughing for no reason at all without relying on humor, jokes, or comedy. And you can really start to feel those effects even after one session. It uses a lot of deep breathing exercise from yoga and then some also some laughter exercises.
0: Okay. So it's it's a lot of breath work too, it sounds like. Yeah. Makes yeah.
1: sense. Yeah. Um, and so like a typical practice is just kind of different depending on the setting. There are laughter yoga, yoga groups in about over a hundred countries throughout the world. Um, And in those sessions, it started, typically starts off with initiating laughter as a body exercise in the group, coupled with um, a lot of eye contact and childlike playfulness. And this is all led by a laughter coach. Um, When you're doing this practice, the laughter... Laughter often starts off kind of forced or fake, and I'll talk a little bit about that and why that's actually okay in a little bit. Um, but quickly, it kind of turns into real laughter that's really genuine and really contagious. And when we do the practice; you'll see me even guiding it. I'll kind of just the the, the laughter just starts to come, and it's just this really fun feeling. Um, But for me in a clinical setting, I really start by asking clients sometimes, like, when was the last time you had a good laugh In Or do you want to try something a little out there, a little different? Because most people have never experienced this and the looks you kind of get. And when I've led this (laughs) either at lectures or in group settings, it's, 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 people are kind of shocked when you do it. Um, But um, in clinical setting, I'll either lead it myself or we can do a pre-recorded session, you know, right now, you know, being virtual, it's really easy to kind of do a pre-recorded session together and we can both see each other and have someone else guide it or I can guide it and focus in on that laughter and movement. Um, I really start to have that real laughter rather quickly um like I said I'm fun I love to laugh I love to smile um and it and it it, is really contagious and I can't wait to share it with you in a little bit
0: (laughs) yes I'm excited to practice it and just for our listeners I'll say this again at the end but we are gonna um this is a podcast so you typically only hear us but we are gonna post the visual of this um on YouTube because I can imagine the visual part is important too a little bit yeah yeah
1: yeah and you know we're, it's going to be the two of us but really this is designed um to be in a group i mean you can do it definitely one-on-one uh you know two-on-one but when you're in a group you never know what the next person's gonna do or how they're gonna react and when you're kind of in that circle and everyone has that eye contact you see it and it's just it becomes infectious and, and it's contagious and um, so it's really nice in a group too. So I really recommend if you guys ever, the listeners, if you ever see one of these offered, or you know, we end up offering one at still point, definitely um, beneficial on your own. But if you can get the group experience, totally worth it.
0: Yeah, I can believe that. And it's you know, interesting that um, you mentioned eye contact. I think about the neurobiology of that and how, like, when we have, um, eye contact with one another that's kind of a signal it can act bi-directionally but that like our nervous system is kind of coming to that homeostasis you mentioned like social engagement and so i can imagine that um just even that part of the practice the exercise is beneficial for stress reduction but um but yeah what are some of the other benefits of the practice doing this laughter i'm gonna
1: definitely um kind of go a little lengthy about this because there's a lot of different things. So first, um, it's considered an aerobic exercise actually. Um, and that's because um, doing these exercise oxygenates our brain and then leaves us with that refreshed and energetic feeling afterwards. Um, so some of these benefits, and kind of I told you I would mention this again, is that our brain actually can't differentiate between fake and real laughter. So you're getting when you're starting and you're like, ah, this is not what is going on, you you're getting the same physiological and psychological benefits from both. But like I said, it's not fake laughter for long. Um, some clinical research in Bangalore in India um, and in the U.S. has shown that it lowers the level of stress hor- the stress hormones epine- epine- I was I always have a hard time with this when I talk about this epinephrine and the cortisol in our body, which we know are those um, you know stress hormones. Um, there's also some evidence that it can lower blood pressure as well. Um, so what it does is um, when you're doing the laugh, laughter yoga, it reduces our sympathetic nervous system activity while increasing our parasympathetic nervous system activity. And then the result is a decrease in the stress arousal of that sympathetic nervous system. So if we were thinking of like the body is like an engine, that sympathetic nervous system is kind of the one pumping out that FNF F, Epinephrine and that cortisol. And then when that parasympathetic nervous system kicks in, it's kind of kicking in that stress relief. Um, so if you kind of look at it like in an engine form like that, um, we do have a lot of clinical research that shows its efficacy in geriatrics and oncology um, and critical care, pain management, um, psychiatry. Um, mental health, you know, like we're like I'm using it in rehabilitation, rheumatology, home care, palliative care, hospice care, terminal care, and general patient care. All of these um, have enough support um, to show that it is experientially evident that it's valid in it as a therapeutic ally in healing. Again, you know, there's no correlation to say that um, it, it's going to necessarily remedy these things, but we do know that it is complementary and can be helpful. Um, some other ways that the lateral Yoga works is just to, um, improve the mood in minutes um, by releasing the endorphins, specifically in this case dopamine. Um, from my personal experience, and like just my experience with mindfulness meditation, um, intention and attention is really important. Um, the creator of laughter yoga, and through my personal experience, says if you it can cause you to laugh more throughout the day. And I think based on other mindfulness practices, this is illuminated through noticing attention and intention of continuing that laughter. Um, so we're putting our intention and our intention on that laughter, on that mood, on those positive. Skills. I'm a real big believer um, in the law of attraction as well. Um, Pretty much in that, and it's basic form states that like attracts like. So in this case, um, if we're kind of looking through that lens, the joyful mood and laughter can attract or create more of that throughout the day. Um, And this is something really important I like to focus on is that we're not saying negative thoughts or emotions are bad. You know, like I said earlier, in fact, there's a lot of value in being, being able to identify discomfort and address it mindfully, but using the laughter yoga yoga can really help us elicit and develop, um, a sense of personal and emotional well being and joy. Um, so we're kind of like putting our focus, our intention on that and our attention. um, And just to kind of go a little bit more about like the mindfulness part of it, we talk a lot about the the importance of attachment and an an aversion. So basically us not attaching to the positive or averting the negative. And practices like laughter yoga help us hold the space and create more positive impact throughout the day in our lives without kind of being strung out or clinging to the positive or pushing away the negative. I think, um, that's like an important topic to think. And one of my favorite researchers who talks about this says it's almost like being crucified, like pushing away the negative and trying to pull the positive. But what we're trying to do is kind of just be here in a a center in that mindful place and um, hold space for both. Um, Some other things I just like to think about when I think about the laughter yoga is we're constantly asking our clients to talk about the negative, not, um, I mean, we're giving space for that, but this is a way that we can really allow for some positive, but also create strengths and solution and enjoyment. Now I'm not, I've, I've definitely read the stuff about toxic positivity and this really isn't silver lining. This is just kind of creating and eliciting more of that, you know, enjoyment and pleasure throughout the day. Um, A little more. I'm just going to go a little bit more on these um, benefits. Just so because it is an aerobic exercise, um, it's shown um, that it can increase cardiovascular flexibility, and blood vessels can widen by fifty percent. There are other conclusions that the immune system can be strengthened by laughter yoga, and become um, less susceptible to acute illness, and can show benefit those with chronic health conditions. The way it does this is that it strengthens the immune system by increasing T cells. And then what T cells are, those are the part of the immune system um, that develop from stem cells in the bone marrow and they help protect the body from infection and do things and maybe also do things like fight cancers. We're helping kind of increasing those number of T cells. Um, And just, I kind of want to just sum up too that, We're in that state of laughter and joy. It can also help us improve relationships. We can be more susceptible to find that empathy. It's almost like another mindfulness practice too to kind of be present. Um, And I, I really like this in difficult and challenging times because it's really easy to laugh and be positive when we're in positive times. Like we can find joy and laughter, but when you talk about building resilience and we talk about perseverance, I think it's really important to, be in challenging times and, you know, do things that are positive for our mental state, increase that hope and optimism to deal with the challenging times. And and doing something like laughter yoga during a loss or during a difficult time isn't negating it or minimizing. It's just, again, making that space for that, to have that balance, to be able to hold that positive and negative. You'll be able to hold everything there in that ever-flowing cycle. So I know that was a little long-winded, but I did want to just cover all those really important benefits. Yes.
0: And I loved where you kind of wrapped it all up. I mean, there are so many physical health benefits and then mental health benefits that you mentioned, but in general, that last part that you talked about, I think is so important, especially for me as a, a trauma, trauma-informed therapist. That's like kind of my specialty as a lot of other therapists, but um is that we are like resiliency the bouncing back and you know chronic stress can affect us just like trauma like is it's basically impacts our nervous system and that part of holding space for not only the distress but the joy and the happiness and everything else that that balance is so important In somatic experiencing we um always start in resource um And that allows us to be able to tap into that um, social engagement part of the nervous system that we were talking about with the eye contact and whatnot. That means we're starting at homeostasis, that baseline. And then we nudge into the distress, but we always have the place to come back to because otherwise we're just re-traumatizing our nervous system, going back into that distress and sitting in it and sitting in it. Um, without an effort to discharge it and process it. So I think it's really important what you highlighted was this idea of like, even in hard times, we pay attention to it, but then we have to move through it and also hold space for something that is joyful or light or find some sort of resource. I think is kind of what I got from what you were saying. Hopefully that was accurate.
1: Yeah, 100%. I think. I think in not being strung out and not being crucified and not pushing and pulling everything away or towards us, we create that mindful space and we create this, that kind of, you know, radical acceptance, you know, when think about acceptance and commitment therapy, that radical acceptance that there is going to be difficult things in life. Like there are things that we are not going to like, we are going to be uncomfortable. There is going to be discomfort, but we don't have to attach to that that doesn't have to stay we don't have to push that away and when there is something enjoyable there is something positive again we don't have to attach to that either like we know that there will be more and it's it's kind of just like this 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 flow and this cycle and practices like this for me kind of allow that cycle to take place naturally and you know elicit that response to say you know what, I can hold space for the un- I th- for the heavy, for the uncomfortable, but I can also create a space of, of this lightness and ease across my body and mind too in that difficult time without minimizing or diminishing it.
0: Yes. Yes. Beautiful, beautiful summary. Um, so I really appreciate that. And I'm really excited to have a chance at practicing this. So I think we're going to do this together now, right? Um yes. Is there anything folks should know about how to set up or what we'll be doing together?
1: Um, So first of all, you'll have to excuse me if I cough um, because it is definitely like an aerobic thing. And I've um, had a little uh, bronchitis about a month ago. it's a little bit of a cough. Um, So excuse me for that. Really, there's not like anything you have to do to set up. Um, we're gonna go and we're gonna kind of start off with some movement and uh, doing some phrases. And I'm gonna kind of go through with um, what Robert Rivest he's kind of the U.S. counterpart, but like the head that heads up the laughter yoga in the U.S. I'm gonna kind of go through with what's called a laughter encyclopedia, he calls it, and kind of go through like different types of laughs. So, um, all I'm really asking for everyone is to have, be open-minded, to try it, get silly, have a little fun. You know, when we're kids before, like, you know, we learn all this, these social cues that, you know, keep us kind of in a box as we become adults that we need alcohol or different things to loosen up. I just want you to kind of everyone to shake it out and loosen up and kind of just go and see what the practice holds for you and just kind of, um you know have that mindfulness and that we're being silly for a little bit and that's totally okay
0: I love that so we're going to tap into the inner child in all of us and be a little silly and um yeah so I think maybe it's time just to pause here for a moment and then we'll practice together okay wonderful okay Okay. thank you
1: All right, I just want everyone to kind of take a really deep breath in. Bring the hands up to the head, up over the head, and then exhale. (sighs) Out. I want to take another big, big, deep breath in. Inhale through the nose. Feel that entering the body, nourishing up, and then we get to the top. Exhale back down. I kind of want you to just take it and we're just going to get some movement through the body to prepare to do this kind of head to toe shaking it up up top up top going down low getting the feet moving Uh, I know we're sitting but if if you want to do this standing that's perfect but just kind of get some of that movement. Um, There's going to be a few things we do like ha ha ho 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 and very good very good yay we might repeat these after we kind of do something so our first kind of movement we're going to do is ha ha. Ho ho ho, ha ha, ho ho ho, ha ha ha, ho 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 ha ha ho 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 ha ha ho ho ho. And then we're kind of going to this very good, very, very, good. Yay. Good. very, good, good. very, very good, yay, very good, very good, yay. Let's kind of get that movement back again. Ha ha, ho ho ho. Ha Very good! Very good. Good. good! Yay! Now we're gonna kind of go with the Robert Rufus calls that laughter encyclopedia. <laughs> so everyone, show me your one-inch laugh. Hold an inch up, just a... <laughs> oh, just oh, just a inch. And then take it to one foot of laughter. <coughs> it's a little bit bigger because, yeah, you're two thicker. And then we'll take it to three feet of laughter. <laughs> so what is three feet? You're holding at the yard. <laughs> and then take your arms as wide as they can go and do your widest laugh. <laughs> <laughs> You're biggest water laugh. Very, Very, Very good. Very good. Hey, yay! Very good. Very, Very good. good. Yay! <laughs> well, this is my favorite next snake laughter. Oh. So kind of wind your body. <laughs> And you're just gonna kind of go <laughs> and end in that laughter. I know we feel silly. Let's let it go and let it flow. Let's do a really slithering. <laughs> We're just gonna end in that laughter. Very good. good. Very, Very good. good. Yay. Yay! Very good. Very, Very good. good. Yay! We get a ha ha. Ha ha ho ho ho, 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 ho. ho, ho. ha ha, ha ho, 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 ho. Ho, ho. all right now we got ants in our pants hoo, 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 hoo. what are you oh, <laughs> it bit my leg jessica hoo, 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 hoo. Oh my <laughs> Feel what it feels like you have got ants in the pants <laughs> oh yeah i'm sliding off <laughs> <up> my seat <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <coughs> Very good, very good, yay! Very good, very good, yay! Now we're gonna go through some age laughter. Show me what a baby laugh looks like. (laughs) And a child laughter. (laughs) And what is, I don't know what your teens look like. What is a teen laughter? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so funny, <Mom>. mm-hmm. <laughs> and adult laughter we kind of learned a little bit of that shyness as we get into adults <laughs> oh <laughs> it's so funny so funny jessica <laughs> and then show me that older adult that grandparent laughter <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. oh it's almost that santa laugh oh you're so funny Very good. Yay. Yay. Very Very good. Very good. Yay. All right, now we're going to get into some silent laughter. Hmm. Imagine you were at the library in eighth grade, and you're passing notes back and forth, and you can't laugh out loud, but you're gonna because you don't care what the librarian says. Get to the moon and then land on the moon oh Good. Yay. Yay. Very, Very good. good. Very, Very good. good. Yay. Cell phone laughter. <laughs> <laughs> Jessica. <laughs> what? <laughs> I can't believe. I I gotta put you on speaker. I gotta put you. On <laughs> Yes. <laughs> very, good. very good, very good, yay! Very, very, good. very, good. very good. good, very good, yay! I'm giving a gift. Hmm. Oh, Jessica, I got this for you. oh All right, that was kind of going through our laughter encyclopedia. We've kind of got our blood pumping, our heart racing. Now I want everyone to just close their eyes. I want you to focus on your breathing. I want you to breathe in and exhale. Breathing in again. And exhale. This time we're taking a deep breath in. And as you exhale, laugh it out a little bit. (laughs) Get out that little last bit of laughter. Breathe in through the nose. And exhale with some laughter. (laughs) What's that? Ha ha ha. One more time, breathing in through the nose and exhale with laughter. <sighs> now, breathing in, in that center body, we're gonna go through just a brief body scan. What we're gonna do is bring awareness to each one of our body parts in order. So breathing in and bringing awareness to your big toe, to your second toe, being aware of your third toe, your fourth toe, your fifth toe, the bottom of the foot bringing awareness to the top of the foot, to the heel, bringing awareness to the calf, to the front of the leg, into the knee, behind the knee, into the thighs. Bringing awareness to the back of the thigh. Bringing that awareness into the hip area, breathing in, bringing awareness to the stomach, to the low back, to the shoulder blades, breathing breathing in and breathing that awareness to the chest, going in through the shoulders, the arms, the forearms, bringing awareness into the hand, going through the thumb, the pointer, the middle, the ring, the pinky, coming back up through the hand awareness still Awareness back into the forearms, to the top of the arms, back up through the shoulder. I want you to really focus and bring awareness now into the head and the neck, going to the neck and the throat, in through the chin, the mouth, the nose, your cheeks and ears, into the eyes, the forehead, the back of the head, the top of the head, that higher crown. Bring awareness now into the whole body. As you breathe in, I want you to kind of visualize that air coming in, coming in down to the toes and exhaling back out to the top of the head. Focus a few more breaths on this movement of that air in the body, breathing in down to the toes and exhaling out to the top of the head feeling the whole body, feeling the body center back down as your heart rate slows, as our breathing has slowed down. Now you can add some slight movement if you want, stretching the arms out, taking any deep breaths you need here, maybe stretching the body, loosening it up after we just had that little bit of activity. I want everyone to take a deep breath in bring it up and exhale, come back to center, and that's our practice. Thank you. Namaste. Namaskara. Laugh away. (laughs) Thank you,
0: guys. Yes, namaste. Thank you, Mercedes. That was such a joyful practice. I found myself really laughing like I was really laughing um and then so relaxing at the end too so it was so lovely if someone wants to find you um whether that's for therapy or for you know to kind of get some resources for this laughter yoga how would they get in touch with you?
1: um so i am on psychology today and i'm on the still point website both of those um have my contact um a phone number you can read through the office or uh, my email um um i um would be happy to respond to any emails or questions um i do have like an hour-long um lecture um presentation that i do do on laughing yoga and some self-care that I will be happy to, if anyone is interested in having this presented to um, for continuing education. We have done it through um, NASW um, and I've done some at the university, UNCW. Um, if anyone wants to reach out to me, that'd be the best way um, via that email. Um, I'm happy to answer any questions and I'll definitely send you some links where you can practice this um, with Robert Rivis. Um, he's um, got one Um, very similar to this that you can kind of practice in your own home by yourself or have some friends over, you know, um, on a Friday evening and say, I got something for y'all to try and put this on and do it in a group. And it, it's a really fun practice. Everyone will enjoy yes, it. Yes, I love that. Well, we will link all of those resources that you
0: send in the show notes, as well as your email and website and psychology today link in case people want to get in touch with you for therapy for presentations or more information. And
1: thank you so much for sharing
0: this with us today.
1: Yes, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me, Jessica. I've really enjoyed this today.
0: Ah, oh, thank you. Namaste. Namaste. Well, thank you all for being with us here today to experience laughter yoga and really just experience the joy it was like to be with Mercedes. Um, Mercedes spoke a lot to how we can build resilience in our bodies, manage our stress, and really take care of ourselves through practices like laughter yoga, through mindfulness practices, but also that concept of holding space for it all. Holding space for, yes, the distress and the discomfort and the quote-unquote negative emotions or uncomfortable emotions we experience at the same time holding space for the joy and all the comfortable feelings and that sometimes in our life maybe it feels like one is heavier than the other maybe one is fuller than the other but with these practices we can find balance. And Mercedes brought us a little bit of that balance today in her practice and in the show notes, I will link resources to be able to get in touch with Mercedes, um, as well as the resources she mentioned throughout the podcast. If you're interested in continuing practices like mind um, mindfulness and laughter yoga, as always, it's wonderful to share time and this podcast space with you all. I appreciate you all and until next time, be well, my friends.